Uh, Matt Lautner coming to you live on a Wednesday night, headed home from Eastern Iowa, last day in Iowa. I, I missed a few folks, but I'll be running through South Dakota here for a few days, and then I'll be uh, back in Iowa and making some day trips uh, after I get back from South Dakota in five or six days. So anyhow, uh, a really, really important uh, guest tonight on the big show. It'll be number episode number 102. <laughs> I cannot believe that we put out so many, but gosh, it's just so easy driving down Interstate 80 right now to call up an old friend and, and uh, have a conversation and share it with the world. So we are, uh, yeah, we, we had our most, our most downloads ever today. I assume that's because we kind of diversified and went uh, not only in the cattle podcasting market, but we did some swine interviews with old steve martin and company yesterday and uh yeah i mean it was like 40 percent growth over our largest download day ever today may 18th uh, i have jared chidester from montezuma iowa and uh jared has a very unique and personal story to tell and we'll have some conversation about it tonight and uh yeah i think uh you're a great man and you're a family man, and you're just like me from that perspective. And you went through some some really trying times with your health last fall with uh, the COVID-19 bug. And, uh, yeah, I guess just a personal story to start this off. Your wife made a personal post on Facebook after, she, after you came out of the ICU. I mean, she told everybody they needed to get vaccinated, and uh, that's probably not where I'm at at this current time, but I mean, I'm smart enough to know that this is a free will society and, uh, yeah, I got nothing to respect for you or your wife or anybody that chooses to do that. And, uh, yeah, let's just have a conversation about it. Uh, I mean, we can start wherever you want to, Jared, you can get about your experience in the hospital or just the symptoms leading up to it. First of all, I guess I'm, uh, pretty glad to, to be here to, even be <clears throat> having this conversation. Um, Absolutely. It started uh, right after Labor Day last year. I was, uh, you know, getting cell cabs ready and, and life was good, expecting it to be a good fall. And, uh, and uh, one day it, uh, it all changed pretty quick. Um, it, uh, it started one of our uh, twin boys, uh, didn't feel well for a day or so. And, uh, and, uh, then he was back to normal. How old are your boys? Uh, they're 11. And, uh, yep. anyway, they, uh, he felt normal after a day or so. And, um, we found out that he had COVID, uh, was in order for him to go to school uh, he had to have a tat COVID test and, uh, we, uh, found out that was like on a Monday, found out on a Saturday, we finally got his test results back. And by then he was healthy and no problems whatsoever. Um, and, but it found out he had COVID. And then, uh, a couple days after that, my wife, who is, uh, she's actually a ICU nurse, um, she started to feel a little bit rough and, uh, 
and uh, about three days after that, um, all of a sudden I started running a fever. And uh, I've never been sick with anything in my life, healthy as a horse, and uh, like to keep pretty active all the time. And anyway, uh, yeah, I run a fever at the house for four or five days, and it just would not quit all day long, all night long, couldn't get rid of it. And uh, so anyway, on a Friday morning, um, after I'd had a fever for four or five days, uh, my wife thought that I, she should take me into the doctor's office, see what's going on. And uh, we left that morning about uh, nine o'clock, had a 10 o'clock doctor's appointment. And uh, when I left the house, uh, I was breathing fine. Everything was fine other than I just had this fever I couldn't get rid of. And <clears throat> took by 10 o'clock that morning when we got to the doctor's office, I was starting to uh, have a little bit of trouble breathing. They checked my uh, oxygen when I got there and uh, decided that I probably had gotten COVID since we knew mm -hmm. our son had had it. And uh, they were going to send me home with a, a little oxygen tank just to help keep air going. And uh, so we got home about lunchtime that day and I had this little oxygen tank that they'd sent home with me. Um, and by, so that's one o'clock on a Friday and by 10 o'clock that night, uh, she had to rush me to the emergency room and, uh, I couldn't keep enough air in my lungs. It had changed that fast. Mm -hmm. And by, uh, three o'clock that morning, <clears throat> Uh, I was in pretty bad shape. Uh, they they instantly uh, put me in ICU, and uh, she wouldn't let them, didn't want them to hook me up to a, a ventilator because they kind of knew things with that wasn't uh, a good scenario. So uh, they uh, put just, me on this. Just 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 one second. Just uh, I mean, I I you would know more than me, but I, I guess. I uh, just would like to fully explain that. I've heard that uh, the chances of a successful outcome when you're hooked up to a ventilator decrease fairly significantly. Is that your belief too? Or I mean, your wife is a nice, is a nurse, I guess. Is it your belief that if you were to be hooked up to, and maybe you did get hooked up to a ventilator eventually, but uh, you heard that the chances of a successful outcome go down whenever you're hooked up to a ventilator? Uh, at that time, yeah, that's kind of what we'd heard. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of it was, uh, you know, older people and, uh, you sure. know, here I was 40 years old and, and healthy, but uh, I yep. think she was pretty nervous and didn't, didn't want to, uh, didn't want me to go on a ventilator, but I was uh, at that time. So this is, you know, the middle of the night on Friday night, I don't mm -hmm. know, midnight, three o'clock in the morning. Um, I was in bad shape. They couldn't, uh, they couldn't keep enough air going to my lungs that they had changed that fast from 10 o'clock that morning, being able to breathe on my own to 10 o'clock that night. Um, I couldn't. So I have no, I have no idea how that feels. I mean, I can just, I can only imagine and I can't really imagine, but I can only try to imagine. Uh, but I've been short of breath a time or two in my life. I don't, I've never t tested positive for COVID personally. My wife did test positive last 
winner at some point. Anyhow, uh, I mean, I just in separate situations, I have come up a little short of breath sometime, and there's just no worse feeling in the world. It's like I'm not sure the not, the inability to fill up your lungs with air seems so simple, but it's so scary whenever you can't catch your breath, and you are what you're describing is probably 20 times worse than I've ever experienced. I'm sure. But anyways, go ahead. Sorry, Jared, go ahead. It was to describe it for me, it was a lot like, um, like drowning. I mean, you just, you just felt like somebody was suffocating you holding your head underwater. Um, and at that time, so they had this new, I don't know how new it was, but they wanted to put me on this, uh, it's called an airbow machine, um, where it basically just, uh keeps your lungs inflated it's a real high pressure thing and it goes in through your nose and uh they decide to put me on that and uh anyway if they run that wide open um you know i i it was keeping my lungs inflated basically um mm-hmm. it was uh really miserable it, it was an an inch hose that was basically shoved in my nose and uh Um, but that was the only way that they could keep me going. Um, so those first few days, uh, were pretty hairy. It was a lot of, uh, back and forth, you know, I'd kind of do a little bit better and then, uh, all of a sudden I'd get worse and they couldn't, my stats and everything would be dropping and couldn't keep enough air. And, um, at that time we really hadn't even told anybody that I was even sick. I mean, very few people knew it. Um, we didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't really want anybody to know, to be honest. Um, cause I didn't know how it was going to turn out. Um, but so it continued on. Um, I think I ended up spending, um, my wife will probably tell you I got stuff wrong, but I was thinking I spent like at least four weeks in the ICU, um, with a lot of setbacks. There was, um, probably one of the worst experiences I've had is, uh, so when they had me on this, uh, airbow machine, keeping my lungs pressurized, um, it actually built up too much pressure and, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, blew a hole in my lung and let air escape out of my lung. And it went up into my neck and my sternum. It'd be kind of like, uh, breaking the hide loose on a steer. Um, you know, it just, it was when it hit and when it happened, um, I literally thought I was going to die right there. I mean, I was grabbing my throat and it just, the pain was atrocious. Um, but, um, you know, so it took a couple days to get over that and, and then things would go good again for a few days and, and then I would have a setback again and, we found out actually afterwards, um, after I'd been out of the hospital for a couple months, we found out that uh, a lot of her uh, friends and staff at the hospital uh, truly didn't believe that I was going to make it out. Um, they didn't know what else to do for me <clears throat> at the time. Uh, everything was so bad there. There wasn't much they could do. They put me on some experimental drugs that they thought might help might not help i mean i was a rare case that it just it just destroyed my lungs 
there, mm-hmm. it just went to it and uh, and uh, wouldn't come out. This so, is probably a this is probably a, a novice question, but it is one that I would have. Uh, I've heard some back and forth on uh, a drug called remdesivir. Were you on that particular treatment or not? Uh, I I don't remember for sure. Um, that could have been. Uh, honestly, when this was going on, sure. uh, especially for the four weeks that I was in ICU, I mean, I was so sick and so out of it. Most of the time, I didn't even know what was going on, you know. So from that standpoint, would it have been up to your nurses or doctors was, or was your wife fully in charge of your care? Um, she was there the entire time, um, which was nice. I mean, she... She was obviously struggling with it, but the nice thing about it is uh, she kind of handpicked my doctors, handpicked my nurses every day. Um, they all knew her. I mean, they were all worked together. They're all friends. And so I probably so were got... You, were you in Grinnell or where? which hospital were you at? Yeah, I was in Grinnell. Um, I probably got... I mean, it's bad to say, but I probably got way better care than the normal person in there just because she was part of that staff and uh you know they literally did everything they could to uh keep me going um there was a lot of times when i was in icu uh, of course you couldn't have any visitors you couldn't they kept you in a little room um part of the thing that i had to do was for 16 hours a day, I had to lay on my stomach. Um, they were trying to keep the, whatever was in my lungs, the infection or whatever. Um, my blood, my heart couldn't pump enough oxygen through the blood unless I laid on my stomach for, for 16 hours out of every day. And, uh, I don't know if you've ever tried that, but laying on your stomach for 16 hours a day every day uh it gets real old real fast um so it was actually it was painful i mean they'd have to uh my back and my neck and everything would get hurting so bad they'd cover my body in lidocaine patches and and stuff trying to keep uh trying to keep me as comfortable as they could be and I basically just had to lay there every day for a month. Um, but the nurses were great. Um, if my wife left for a little while, uh, they would actually come into my room and cause they'd have to gown up and put on all the protective stuff. And, um, they'd come in there and some of them would eat their lunch and just sit in there with me, uh, just so I had somebody to look at, to talk to, something uh it was a it was a miserable time mm-hmm. um but great staff um my wife will tell you that she uh she's the reason that uh she she'll tell you she saved my life and uh she probably did mm-hmm. you know uh maybe the constant uh little extra things that she did um you know probably is what kept me going were uh you know, unfortunately, some people probably don't have that option to somebody that halfway knew what to do. 
uh, every day to, to kind of make a little bit of a difference. Um, it got so bad. I mean, that, that, that constant personal touch surely, uh, leads a man to keep pushing. Uh, I guess, uh, the interview with Jenna Kraft, uh, from Oklahoma, whenever she was in the ICU, I don't remember the quote off the top of my head specifically, the COVID ward in the hospital is something about a dark, dark. Uh, it, it, it was that human interaction. Uh, it was a real dark place. Uh, when, when I was there, um, that was part of the reason why the day that I got out of the hospital, uh, eight weeks later, whatever it was, um, the, the doctors, the nurses, uh, different staff, they all lined the hall of the hall of the, the hallway of the hospital. When I come out of my room to leave that day, um, they all lined the, the hall, the hallway. And, uh, it was because that during the stretch, um, I was the only person that had been in ICU and, uh, made it out. Um, everybody else did not, um, every day when I was in that, in that room, you just had the, the main glass doors in front of you. It was kind of in a horseshoe shape. And, uh, that was one of the worst things ever. You'd sit there and, uh, you'd just see person after person, uh, leave there. Um, one of my best friends growing up, his dad was actually in the room beside me and, uh, we knew that he was in bad shape. Um, he had some other health issues and stuff going on, but, uh, that was probably one of the hardest things I had to do when I was in there was, uh, you know, I had to watch, watch them, that family come in and, uh, you know, essentially say goodbye to their, to their father, you know, it was a tough deal. But uh, anyway, so yeah, it was, it was definitely not a, not a good time. I wouldn't re- recommend it to anybody. Uh, they still to this day do not know why I got as sick as I did. They actually wanted me to be a part of a, they called it a post COVID clinic in Iowa city where they wanted to do studies on you to try to figure out, you know, why you got sick and why you made it and other people didn't. Uh, but by that time when they, they asked me, uh, I had enough of doctor's offices and hospitals and, uh, just didn't feel like doing it. You know, I went in, yeah, go ahead. I went in the, the hospital. So it was the right after labor day. And, uh, I didn't get out until, uh, till the, I think it was the first week in November. Um, and even then I probably come home a little too early, but, uh, honestly I was, I wasn't doing that well. You know, I was, a just a country boy and I couldn't hardly stay in that hospital any longer. Um, and my wife actually talked, uh, one of the doctors into, uh, releasing me to her care since at that point, everything they were doing, she thought she could do at home. And so I probably actually got out of the hospital a couple weeks earlier than I probably should have. Um, but I just, I couldn't stand 
stand being in there any longer. I mean, it uh, it was miserable. So while you did, um, you were fortunate to be able to come home. Your COVID journey still to this day isn't over. Um, you told me the other day that uh, your lungs are still recovering. And uh, I'm sure that that limits your day to day. But uh, I mean, we can go wherever you want to go with this. But I just I think that's important to let people know that uh, you're still in recovery mode currently. Yeah. So uh, here we are, however many months later. And uh, right now I'm at uh, my lungs are only at uh, 60, 65 percent of uh, what they should be or where they were. Um, I had to drag around. So I don't not to dive in it deeper, but that was one of the things when uh, when I got out of the hospital in November. Um, I had to be on continuous oxygen and, uh, that made life interesting, you know, trying to, uh, when I first got home, um, I was so weak that I couldn't, couldn't do any cattle stuff. Um, but I was pretty determined that, uh, I wasn't going to sit in the house either and watch, watch somebody else do it all. So I drug a, had to drag it everywhere I went. I had to drag oxygen tank around and, uh, I actually, I just got to the point where uh, I don't have to wear oxygen now. Oh, maybe a month ago, maybe five weeks, somewhere in there. Um, but I spent all winter long, guy uh, don't think about it, but uh, dragging a tank around or being being hooked to a oxygen machine uh, really limits what you can do. Um, I, was, I was extremely fortunate, you know, um, when I was in the hospital, uh, believe it or not, uh, my two little boys, uh, they got up every day. They did chores for me morning and night before they went to school, 11 years old. <clears throat> and they pretty well kept things going as far as keeping animals fed, uh, cows fed, that kind of thing. Uh, <clears throat> I had a good friend, uh, Brian Camera. Uh, he's been around the show world for a lot of years but uh he'd stop in every couple two three days and just kind of check on things and and see how things were going but for the most part uh during the hospital stay them little boys uh they took care of it all my older son was away at college and uh i didn't want him to have to come home and and miss out on college so they kind of did it uh which is pretty pretty amazing for two 11 year old boys to you know, take care of a cow herd and, and, uh, or a cow calf operation all by themselves. Um, you know, and when I got home, uh, I still couldn't do nothing. I mean, I was pretty well worthless other than I was standing here. So, uh, you know, they've spent all winter, uh, doing most of the things that I couldn't, uh, you know, yeah just the normal something as easy as carrying a five buck gallon bucket of feed you know i i couldn't do it um for a long time um it was it was amazing we had a a tremendous amount of help uh you know just like i talked about brian at the time i was uh in the middle of before i went into the hospital 
I was in the middle of building a new show barn before I got sick, uh, cabin barn slash show barn. And, um, you know, Brian and, uh, and a couple other friends of mine, they, uh, they finished, they finished that barn. I mean, uh, it, it, it worked out perfectly. Um, you know, it's something that maybe from the get go that I hadn't envisioned how they put the finishing touches on it, but, uh, they, they got it mm-hmm. done. Uh, I was real fortunate. We had a, a tremendous amount of help. Um, you know, even to this day, I've got a, a friend, uh, Bill Bolin. Um, he was my best friend in high school. And, uh, when we got out of school, you know, life happened and everybody went their separate ways. And when I got sick, he started coming out and, uh, he was helping Brian and helping my boys once in a while when he could on the weekends and, uh, through the whole winter. And even to this day, uh, he knows nothing about cattle and definitely nothing about show cattle. And, uh, he comes out every weekend, just, uh, help do whatever he can. I mean, he's, he's learned a bunch this year. Um, another, actually a, a good family that I sold calves to, um, years and years ago the two families become real close and uh we're like family now but their their son uh jace peterson he come down and actually decided to uh live with us here a little while this spring and uh help me get cows calved out because we were pretty nervous my wife and i how this was all going to play out you know i was basically unable to do anything and uh started calving cows in january and uh we weren't for sure how it was going to go. Um, you know, it's a lot of work calving out club calf cows. There's a, a lot of, a lot of things that go wrong and can happen. And, uh, uh, it made life pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I can, the first couple calves that, uh, we had to pull, um, I can still remember, uh, you know, sitting there with a dang oxygen pack on my back and, trying to pull a calf and the cords and the tubes getting getting tangled up and tied up and by the time you'd get the calf out i don't know who was more tuckered out me or the the calf it was a couple pretty close calls at time um yeah but uh even still now i mean if uh, i get to working too hard or too fast uh, my air just drops out and i gotta sit there and slow down a gear and take some breaths and let it catch up. Um, but, uh, no, it's been, a it's been a crazy experience. I don't know. Uh, you know, never been so sick with anything in my life and, uh, truly life changing experience, uh, to where, uh, we, we changed how we do everything. Um, had to, I mean, it was that or, we're going to have to sell the cows and, uh, you know, move to town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, it's, uh, it's just truly amazing. The amount of good people that are out there. Um, you know, I, I was in the hospital when club calf sales were at their peak or when everybody was around buying calves and my calves sat there at home and I got home and, uh, you know, it was like, now what do I do with them? The sales were kind of all over and, uh, uh, 
I was extremely lucky. A great family, uh, Jeff and Julie Basil up in Minnesota. Uh, he'd called me several times when I was in the hospital and said, uh, let us come down and get your calves. We'll, we'll get them sold for you. And I kept saying, no, I'm going to be able to do it when I get home. I'm going to be able to do it when I get home. And uh, then I got home and realized that there was no way that I could do it. And uh, they drove down from Minnesota and uh, loaded up every calf that I had left that wasn't sold, hadn't been sold. And uh, they took them up there. And I don't know how they did it, but they got every one of them things sold really late in the season. Um, You know, I'd never dreamed that they'd have been able to sell them. But uh, it just goes to show you that uh, there's great people out there that uh, really go above and beyond. You betcha. Uh, it's Basil or Bozel or how do you say their last name? Uh, Basil. Yeah. I, I, I visited with that guy a time or two and just, just for a, a, a brief background, uh, that's the family that raised, uh, Luke Taylor's $41,000 high seller from, uh, September, 2021. So, you are uh, correct. They, they know what they're doing and they do a darn good job. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's not surprising that they late in the year, but uh, they obviously have the know-how and they can raise them that high quality. And uh, that that's just people helping people. So, I mean, kudos to them for and helping you out. And that's awesome. I, I, uh, I, I think that's awesome that those folks came all the way down from Minnesota and, and uh, did what they could to help you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was great. And, uh, you know, they'd, they'd do it again tomorrow if I needed it. You know, they're just uh, great people. Um, you know, they had calves of their own to sell, and uh, I feel like they probably put those to the side to make sure that they got rid of mine for me uh, and then probably went back to selling their own, you know. Yep. No, that's, but, that's right. So uh, it's, uh, it's an amazing story that you have, and uh, it is a story of, people coming together and helping each other uh through through your sickness whether that be old high school friends or or uh friends within the show cattle community and uh of course your medical staff and friends and your wife that kept you healthy and going through that stay in the icu i mean we might as well talk about it i guess in terms of prevention uh as we stand here today in mid-May 2022, some uh, eight months after your uh, experience or the start of your experience anyways, is the, I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't go through what you went through and your wife's been around it in the hospital. So I guess, do you recommend folks get vaccinated or what? I mean, what do you, what, I mean, what do you have to say about prevention and care? Well, I'm not, I'm definitely not one that's going to push anything on anybody. And, uh, I've had a hundred people ask me from the, the day I got out of the hospital, uh, what do you think we should do? Uh, and all I've ever been able to tell anybody is, uh, you know, what I went through, uh, was horrible. And, uh, you know, I don't know that being vaccinated makes any difference would have made a difference. You know, I was not vaccinated. 
Um, I don't know. Um, I just tell them to, to use what the, what they feel is right. Um, you know, if there was a, a small chance, if, if, if it, if being vaccinated could help people, uh, not have to go through what I went through, um, by all means, just because that was, uh, it was a terrible, terrible experience. Um, but you know, I don't know. I'm not the person that can tell you that sure. it's yeah, guaranteed I guess neither one help. of us, neither one of us are uh, medical professionals. Uh, you dang sure went through the experience. So, uh, that's the worst part about this modern time. The last two years with, uh, COVID and the freaking Chinese that released this guy. Like, I just really don't know which direction to go or which direction is correct. And I uh, wished it never would have been released on the world, but it is what it is. We're here and we all got to deal with it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just the uh, only thing I'll say is, is uh, I mean, this is just a small little deal and I'm not trying to act like I'm a medical professional, but I would encourage everybody to get on a vitamin D supplement. Uh, uh, I would say that, something like 80% of the cases that uh, are lead to ICU stays are low in vitamin D levels uh, is a, is a, is a number that I've heard or seen repeatedly, I guess, but uh, obviously uh, good. I mean, a healthy lifestyle and uh, you know, getting enough sleep, it, just little things all add up to your immune system being more stout and uh being able to stand up to any sort of uh illness but uh once again i'm not a i'm not a medical professional and i'm just uh yeah i want to try and stay healthy and this is a wild wild time in world history that we're traveling that we are uh traveling through and uh yeah i don't know what else to say besides that yeah no it's uh i'd agree with that 100 percent uh you know, for all winter long, um, I had to take a tremendous amount of medication every morning, multiple times a day. And, uh, I'm off everything now, except for, uh, uh, taking vitamins every day. Um, you know, I feel like that's helped uh, a bunch. Um, you know, the, that was the strange thing when this was all, when I was in the hospital, they it was so new that i mean i asked several doctors and uh you know nobody really had any answers um there was four different doctors that took care of me and uh when the day i left the hospital um they all four had a different treatment plan that they wanted to try to do nobody could agree on what would work what wouldn't work they all all four had a a different approach and i truly think that's just because they didn't know it was everything was so new then uh i hope by now they know more more about treating it but uh i feel like that was uh it was odd to me that to be sick and uh, to have them sit there and really not know what to do um mm -hmm. i don't know if it's a timing thing or or what but um i finally they ended up a lung specialist out of 
out of the Iowa clinic ended up putting me on an extremely high dose of steroids all winter long um, to try to bust up the scar tissue in my lungs. And uh, other than the the side effects of it, um, that was what I felt like the first thing that actually made somewhat of an improvement. I mean, uh, as soon as I, when I got out of the hospital um, and seen the specialist was in December, the middle of December, and prior to that, I really felt like my lungs weren't changing at all. And uh, I don't think they had since the day that I left the hospital. And uh, anyway, when he put me on those steroids, um, then from uh, December and January and part of February, um, there was a, an uptick. You know, it felt like it was working. And uh, that's when they were pretty hopeful that uh, maybe they could get my lungs back to, uh, to normal or close to it. Um, and now the, just all at once, about as quick as they started working, the, their steroids quit working. And, uh, that's why I'm kind of stuck at 60, 65%. Things don't really seem to be changing now. And, uh, they, uh, don't know that they ever will. Uh, this might be as good as it's going to get, but, uh, it's just an odd deal. There's so much of this floating around and there's just, nobody really has a good plan of attack to, to try to treat it or cure it or whatever. I guess um, I one online resource that we want to make people aware of is COVID19criticalcare.com, which is an online website for, uh, it was started by industry professionals, Pierre Corey. And uh, I would just encourage everyone to, Take a look at it. Be aware of it. They have some uh, treatment protocols uh, and darn sure worth taking a look at. And uh, also always consult your own doctor. We aren't, we aren't uh, medical professionals, and I'm not trying to represent as such, but this is a website that everyone should be aware of. Everything's going to work differently for uh, other people. You know, it's kind of like cattle, uh, what you treat. Sure. A calf for for something uh, may not work, but it works on another one. You just it's the it's the yeah. damnedest illness that I've ever seen. It sure is, yeah. So as we finish up, is are your uh, kiddos available? Can they come on and take a uh, give them a quick shout out, shout out or anything? Uh, they're actually uh, walking their show pigs out in the yard, so they're uh, they're kind of tied up right now. Uh, that feels like that feels like the new. I mean, it's the new normal, but at least things are getting close to being back to a little bit of normal. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, they're uh, they're quite the pair. You know, I that was one thing. It, it got to be Christmas time, and uh, my wife was uh, was uh, you know Christmas shopping or starting to figure out what she was gonna gonna get the kids. And uh, you know, I one day I looked at her and I said. Uh, I said, you get those boys, whatever they ask for. I said, if they give you a list, I said, get them everything that's on it, whatever they wanted. I said, they, they deserve it. Uh, you know, and, uh, it, uh, they're, they're troopers. Uh, you know, they, they really are. They, they've, uh, had a lot on their, their shoulders. It was, 
it was probably a tougher, you know, I sat here and talk about how, uh, how tough it was for me. Uh, but you know, that was one thing, you know, for my wife and, uh, my three boys, um, you know, what it did to them, you know, they had to sit there, my wife, especially every day, knowing how bad it was and, uh, knowing that, uh, you know, I may not make it and, uh, my older son that was away at college, you know, he was old enough to understand it too. Um, and then my little boys, you know, they, they maybe couldn't quite comprehend what was going on, but for, you know, eight weeks, mom and dad wasn't home. Um, you know, they either family or friends was coming to our house and, and staying with them and they were taking care of stuff. And, uh, it reached a point kind of towards the end um, where their teachers actually had sent a message to my wife that she, she thought that uh, it was starting to affect them a little bit, you know, but we were whatever, six weeks in where they'd kind of been left alone, so to speak, uh, without mom and dad around. Cause she was staying with me in the hospital 24 seven and uh, it took a toll on them. But uh you know, when, when we got that call, um, we, uh, it was tough for me to be left alone in the hospital too. Um, cause I couldn't even hardly move or walk or anything. Uh, we, uh, called in a friend, a family friend, uh, Susie Peterson. And, um, she actually come and stayed with me in the hospital. Uh, we kind of snuck her in there cause you weren't supposed to have a lot of visitors. And, uh, she actually spent the night with me uh, several times in the hospital just so that my wife could go home and, uh, you know, be a mother to our boys, you know, give them a little bit of ease to, to normalcy, so to speak. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's been a deal. I'm, uh, I hope to never go through it again. I, I don't really, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Um, but it changes your outlook on life and how you look at everything. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, person's got to kind of live every day. Like there's not a tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I'm thinking of you, man. And, uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, everything comes back together and I wish you continued, uh, improvement in terms of uh your lung function and uh hopefully they get you set up with some some sort of treatment uh that gets that rolling again and uh yeah i hope uh hope everything come back comes back to a, a close with each passing day i hope you get closer to a uh the old normal as time goes on if you know what i mean so <laughs> i know exactly what you mean uh my son uh we were at a ball game a week or so ago and i overheard my my oldest son uh talking to you know somebody there in the crowd and i could hear him uh asking him you know how i was doing and uh you know he'd made some comment about uh i'm not uh not as big an asshole as i used to be because i don't have enough air to to be that asshole anymore so uh, that's the first time that I've giggled in this in this podcast. I'm usually a giggling type there, Jared. So uh I guess I guess the guy's gotta laugh every now and again. So anyhow. Yeah. 
I appreciate your appreciate your time and you sharing your story. And uh, I mean, I I we got a tremendous amount of feedback from the last uh, episode that was involving this topic, and uh, I had several heartfelt calls. And and uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your day to share your story and hopefully. I mean, just bringing awareness to this stuff still real. I mean, just like we said with Jenna, uh, it's real. Uh, it needs to be respected. And uh, a guy needs to take precautionary steps uh, through diet, exercise, and possibly, you know, vitamin supplement, vitamin D supplements or whatever it may be. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure want everybody to stay healthy and get to these shows and enjoy life together. So, uh, anyhow, you bet. I appreciate your time very much, Jerry. That sounds great. Sounds great. Thank you very much, sir. We'll be in touch. You bet. See you.